Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Listen now to the word of the Lord. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The word of the Lord. Good morning. morning. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, I was planning to preach today, but I took an extra week off. Um, and uh, I asked uh, Helen if she would be willing to preach today. Um, many of you already know her. She's been uh, worshiping with us for this past year. Uh, she's beginning her field education internship with us starting next Sunday. And so I asked her if she could start a week earlier. And normally, um, I don't have our interns preach until you know, several months into it to kind of get used to things, but uh, she graciously said she would be willing to do it. She's, she's been here for a while, so she knows what we're, we're about. So uh, I'm so thankful that she um, w- was willing to do that and is going to uh, share the word with us today. So Han, if you could just come up, I, I want to just pray for you um, as we begin, as you begin your time with us, um, with your uh, work. And so uh, we want to just uh, lift you up to God for all that you're going to be um, doing uh, through this congregation. So let's pray together. Faithful God, in baptism you claimed us, and by your Holy Spirit, you are working in our lives, empowering us to live a life worthy of our calling. We thank you for leading Helen to this time and to this place. We ask that you would establish her in your truth. Guide her by your Holy Spirit, that in your service she may grow in faith, hope, and love. May all that she does in word and deed be as a faithful disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, demonstrating the power of your Holy Spirit, and always in thanksgiving and for your glory. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So when, um, oh, Pastor David asked me to talk this Sunday, um, he gave me a topic, and as we know, we follow um, the New City Catechism, and today's um, question was, um, what is the church? And when I read this week's um, question, the first thing that came to my mind was the word home. So I decided to talk about home today. Um, Home, when I say this word, I'm pretty sure that many of you will associate positive experiences with this word. Home is a good place. Um, We all love home because that is the place where we finally become ourselves freely. 
When we go home, we let down our guard. We remove our makeup and change into comfortable clothes, and we become who we really are. The childlike, laid-back, goofy people who are happy and relaxed. And we take a rest. But rest is not the only thing we do at home. We go home to take care of ourselves, both mentally and physically. We cook food to nourish our body, take a shower to keep us clean, and reflect on our day to be a better person the next day. By now, you'll probably get the message that home is a very important part of our life. But what if there is a home that we have been missing out, that we forgot about, that we cannot see? Um, And about that, I wanted to share a story about this invisible home that we all belong to. The story goes back to when I was in high school. Um, I did my high school in Korea, and if there's one thing that you should know about high schools in Korea, it is that they're extremely demanding and rigorous. So my school was no exception. And I was literally kept in school from 8 in the morning till 11 at night, which is crazy. And so I spent most of my time at school. And I went home only to get some sleep and take a shower. Uh, naturally, I started complaining a lot about wanting to go home. But one day, I had a very strange experience that puzzled me a lot. It was during one weekend. I was lying in my bed, feeling pretty happy for being home. But all of a sudden, I started feeling really homesick. I wanted to go home, and the feeling was pretty intense. I didn't understand what was happening to me. After all, I knew very well that I was home in my own bed. But I just wanted to go home really bad. And the feeling bothered me because I couldn't do anything about it. This feeling of being homesick eventually faded away after a few minutes. But ever since then, it would come back to me every now and then. And it just kept coming. This was a mystery to me for a long time until one day I realized that I wasn't homesick for a physical place. I was homesick for something else. It was only years later that I finally realized that my yearning for home was my soul's cry from wanting to be with God. My soul was looking for a place of rest and nurturing in God's presence. To look back, I I can see now that I felt homesick whenever I was in a difficult situation in my life. I felt homesick when I was alone, isolated, and was struggling to survive. But most importantly, I felt homesick when I was disconnected from God. The main reason for feeling homesick resulted from being isolated both from the people around me and from God. Whenever I saw very little light and love in the world, I felt like I was being in exile, away from God, just like the Israelites felt when they were captives in Babylon. But little did I know that this experience was not a unique story of mine, but was shared by many. 
Over the summer, I worked at a hospital as a chaplain intern. My job as a hospital chaplain involved visiting patients, and I got to talk and listen to people who are suffering from both acute and chronic illnesses. Some just got out of the surgery, and others were fighting a battle against themselves with addiction and mental illness. Some had family members who cared for them, and others were all by themselves. As I listened to many of them, I found several similarities among their stories. One was a yearning for clarity and understanding of life. The other was a yearning for connection, both with the divine and with other people. When I looked into the eyes of patients, especially those who were in deep suffering, I always saw a wandering soul, a soul that yearned for connection, love, and peace. Witnessing people's suffering got me to think about the meaning of the church. What was Jesus trying to build from his ministry? After some time of pondering, I realized that Jesus Christ was the church himself. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 writes, But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. When Jesus came to us, he exemplified a living church, that is, a community of love. Jesus loved everyone and extended his love to those who were trying to kill him. By reaching his hands out to those who were in need of love and connection, he created a dwelling place for God, a place of love. Jesus created a church that became the home for all the estranged souls. When I read today's scripture, I interpreted it as the description of church in a spiritual form. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 explains how we're no longer strangers and aliens, but are members of the household of God. When we, the souls, came into this material world, we were disconnected from God because of our ego, pride, and boastful nature. Even though our home is in God, many forgot about God, our Creator. And as a result, we forgot about who we are and where we come from. And one of the biggest sufferings I witnessed in some patients was directly related to this amnesia. People who did not know God simply struggled for survival, while others who had faith in God tried to be the best version of themselves, even in the midst of painful hospitalization experience. And you know what? I found church in those people. A universal church that knew and longed for God, that thrived to be the light in the world. I saw a church that is described in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, which goes like this. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. I witnessed God's love in many patients, regardless of their religion, by their way of welcoming me, and loving me even in the midst of their pain. 
and also in their way of opening up to me and sharing their life stories. It was truly remarkable to see patients who themselves were in desperate need of love and support sharing their love and care with others. Of course, they were limited in their ways because of their physical or mental illness. Nevertheless, I saw patients saying nice things to nurses who were having a rough day or connecting with other patients who felt lonely and isolated and encouraging me for what I was doing as a chaplain. And there I saw a church that is bigger than a physical building. I saw a church in its living form with no physical boundaries. God sent Jesus to remind us of our true identity, that is, the children of God. Jesus came to create and show a model of the church that embraces people of all kinds, both Jews and Gentiles, which in today's context would translate as Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, and all other sorts. As a hospital chaplain, I had to learn to minister to a multi-faith group of people, It was both an interesting and challenging experience to interact with people who shared different expressions of faith and understanding of God. And I have to admit that at times I felt awkward because I did not share the same theology with them. But each time I hit those walls, people reached out to me by simple way of love and acceptance. And I learned so much from them. Their love helped me overcome the awkwardness. And even to this day, I do not understand why different faiths exist, but I don't mind not knowing anymore because I was touched by their simple act of kindness, hospitality, and their way of living life through love. After all, it was the very thing Jesus wanted to see in our church. In the end, I came to admit that God was working through all of them people of all faiths, in ways that I will never fully understand. When the early Christians gathered, they were creating a home for the souls, souls that remembered that they were connected to God, and Jesus was at the center of the new church. Jesus called out souls and taught us about God and our relationship to God. He created a home for the souls to begin bringing heaven on earth. And the heaven was where people were loved, accepted, and forgiven. He opened the doors to all the forgotten and neglected people, to the souls trapped in their physical bodies of pain and suffering. And he invited all humanity to join his journey of returning to God by becoming who who we really are, that is, God's love and light. So here I ask again, what is the church? The church is a place of love. Where love exists, God resides in it. And God's love is the home for the souls. In God's love, we can finally become our true self. In God's love, we become beautiful souls created by God, shining with light, and we get true rest. In God's love, we connect to one another and care for each other. And in God's love, we are nourished with God's words and cleansed with God's forgiveness. And Jesus' ministry guides us in actualizing such place of love here in our lifetime. Throughout my chaplaincy, I entered numerous hospital rooms where people of all kinds of faith lay in their bed 
waiting for someone to love and to be loved. Whenever I listened to their stories and connected with them, I was able to find a church in that human connection. It was a place of harmony, love, and respect. It was also a place of yearning for God and remembering our connection to God. I witnessed God being present in those countless invisible churches. And of course, you can guess that I didn't feel homesick because I knew I was home in God's love. Um, as I'm wrapping this up, I hope, I hope that you can also find home in God's love and participate in creating a church that lives in all of us. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite you to the Lord's table. As we gather around this shared table, let's confess our common faith.